Good morning. Perhaps we'll make a start here this morning uh, by singing a hymn, hymn number uh, 603. Six hundred and three, a well-known hymn, When Israel out of bondage came, I see before them lay. The Lord reached down His mighty hand and rolled the sea away. Let us stand to sing this first hymn. You may be seated. In great words to that hymn, When sorrows dark like stormy waves were dashing o'er my way, again the Lord in mercy came and rolled the sea away. That ever-cleansing blood of the Lamb, we rejoice this morning for the forgiveness of sin. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank Thee, Lord, once again that we can meet humbly in Thy presence, Lord. We come not with any merit of our own, but only 
uh, through the merits of the Lord Jesus Christ the righteous. Lord, as we uh, just saying that again in mercy Thou hast visited us. Lord, we come as sinners saved by grace. And Lord, we know uh, that we need that ever-cleansing blood that keeps on forgiving. And Lord, that we can turn our eyes upon Jesus here this morning. Lord, we pray that Thou would be one of our number here as we look to Thee, Lord. We know that in our own flesh that we have fallen short. As the Scriptures say that all have come short from the grace and the glory of God. But Lord, we know uh, that through Thy presence, Lord, that Thou would bring encouragement to us, uh, bless every heart here, and Lord, that Thou would prepare us even to hear Thy Word. And Lord, that we would be able to leave and encourage people uh, even in the Lord uh, Thy God. Lord, we ask of Thee that Thou would uh, be one of our number this morning. We think, Lord, of uh, the needs of Thy people. We think of uh, the needs of the church. And Lord, we ask of Thee that Thou would provide every need. And Lord, if there is even a blind eye here this morning, that Lord, that they wouldn't hear the voice of the minister. Uh, they wouldn't hear any voice of man's opinion, but they would truly hear that voice of the Savior uh, that bids them to come. Lord, we pray that Thou would do Thy saving grace this morning. Lord, we pray that Thou would do the unexpected. Lord, that Thou would not make it just another regular Sunday morning. Lord, that may we leave this place knowing that Thou did do the unexpected. And Lord, that we can even look to Thee and say how great uh, Thou art. And Lord, we ask Thee once again that Thou would uh, truly come down in mercy. And Lord, we do think of those uh, who need a touch from the Savior. We think of uh, those who are in our own family circles, those who have heard the gospel many times. Uh, but Lord, we pray that Thou would visit them in mercy. And O oh Lord, that we would see even a trophy uh, of uh, Thy grace. And Lord, we think once again of the missionaries. We think of uh, Mexico City. We think of uh, what Thou art doing in across the lands of North America. And Lord, we think that uh, how great Thy name is, even uh, apart from this nation of Canada. But Lord, we pray that Thy name would be exalted in this place here this morning. Uh, that Thou did even say, even when Elijah cried out unto Thee and said, Lord, there's nobody left. Well, we thank Thee, Lord, this morning that there is a people uh, that have failed to bend the knee uh, even to Baal. So Lord, we thank Thee. We thank Thee, Lord, for what Thou hast done, uh, for the work of the Spirit, Lord. We pray that Thou would increase our faith this morning. Uh, we think of those who are traveling. Uh, we think of uh, Reverend Ian Golliger. We think of uh, Reverend Saunders, Lord. We pray uh, even uh, more than those who are traveling to and fro. We pray for Thy hand upon them, Lord, that we know that safety is truly of the Lord. So, Lord, we pray that Thou would bring them back safely. And Lord, that Thou would bless those congregations. We think of the Calgary Church at this time. Lord, we pray that Thou would be with them. We think of Fredericton. We think of Phoenix. Lord, that we pray that Thou would visit them in mercy. Lord, how we are completely dependent upon Thy touch. And Lord, once again, we pray that Thou would give special help to us this morning. Bless every soul, we pray. In Jesus' precious and holy name, Amen. Let us sing another hymn, 637. Six hundred and thirty-seven in the sweet by and by, there's a land that is fairer than day, and by faith we can see it afar. For the Father awaits over the way to prepare us 
uh, dwelling place there. In the sweet by and by, uh, we shall meet on that beautiful uh, shore. Let us stand to sing 637. have your Bibles this morning, if you can please turn for our first scripture reading in Deuteronomy chapter 31. Deuteronomy chapter 31, and we will be preaching on Moses this morning. We have two separate readings. And well, you say, well, that's a big topic. It is a big topic, but I do pray the Lord will apply His Word. Lots to learn from Moses, and here is Deuteronomy here, chapter 31, towards the end of Moses' life. We will commence at verse 1. And Moses went and spake these words unto all Israel. And he said unto them, I am a hundred and twenty years old this day. I can no more go out and come in. Also the Lord hath said unto me, 
thou shalt not go over this Jordan. The Lord thy God, he will go over before thee, and he will destroy these nations from before thee, and thou shalt possess them. And Joshua, he shall go over before thee, as the Lord hath said. And the Lord shall do unto them as he did to Sion and to Og, kings of the Amorites, and unto the land of them whom he destroyed. And the Lord shall give them up before your face, that ye may do unto them according unto all the commandments which I have commanded you. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee, he will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. And Moses called unto Joshua and said unto him in the sight of all Israel, Be strong and of good courage, for thou must go with this people unto the land which the Lord hath sworn unto their fathers to give them. And thou shalt cause them to inherit it. And the Lord, he it is that doth go before thee, he will be with thee, he will not fail thee, neither forsake thee, fear not, neither be dismayed. And Moses wrote this law and delivered it unto the priests and the sons of Levi, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, and unto all the elders of Israel. And Moses commanded them, saying, At the end of every seven years in the solemnity of the year of release, in the Feast of Tabernacles, when all Israel is come to appear before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose, Thou shalt read this law before all Israel in their hearing. Gather the people together, men and women and children, and thy stranger that is within thy gates, that they may hear and that they may learn. And fear the Lord your God, and observe to do all the words of this law. And that their children, which have not known anything, may hear and learn to fear the Lord your God, as long as ye live in the land whither ye go over Jordan to possess it. May the Lord add his own stamp of approval upon his inherent, inspired, and infallible word of God. It's a pleasure to be here this morning. Once again, it feels like just yesterday I was doing my internship here, but now it's a little bit different. So time flies. The summer is going very quick. It's a pleasure to see each and every one of you, and I do pray uh, from the bottom of my heart, that the Lord would meet with you here in a special way, and that he would tend uh, to your every need. Do appreciate the prayers of God's people as we do prepare, as we are preparing to go to Fredericton, uh, planning on the first or second week of uh, September. Just a couple of morning announcements. Do remember the pre-service prayer time at 5.50 uh, p.m., and Lord willing, I hope to be the speaker here tonight. Uh, which will commence at 6.30. And after the evening service, do remember uh, the youth choir practice, which will be held tonight after the service. And do also remember next Wednesday, 
uh, 7.30 prayer meeting, uh, same time, and both services next week, uh, which uh, we will have Reverend Ian Golliger speaking in both services uh, next week. I do know he will appreciate uh, even your prayers uh, at this time. Just one other announcement as well. Uh, there, was lost, there was one lost ring in the ladies' washroom this morning. Uh, if you did lose a ring, uh, you can see uh, one of the elders at the back door there, and they will uh, give it back to its uh, rightful owner. Those are all the necessary announcements, and we will turn to another hymn, uh, 310. The whole world was lost in the darkness of sin. The light of the world is Jesus. Like sunshine at noonday, His glory is shone in. The light of the world is Jesus. Let us stand to sing at 310.
seated. Please take your Bibles once again for our second reading, which is going to be in Acts chapter 7. Acts chapter 7, and we are in the New Testament here when before Stephen's martyrdom, he does a speech and he brings up Moses, and just before that he spoke on Joseph when he was sold by the patriarchs, and now he is talking about Moses and how God raised a prophet. We will commence our reading here at Acts chapter 7, verse 30, and we will read up to verse 38. And when forty years were expired, there appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai an angel of the Lord in a flame of fire in a bush. When Moses saw it, he wondered the sight. And as he drew near to behold it, the voice of the Lord came unto him, saying, I am the God of thy fathers, the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Then Moses trembled and durst not behold. Then said the Lord to him, Put off thy shoes from thy feet, for the place where thou standest is holy ground. I have seen, I have seen the affliction of my people which is in Egypt, And I have heard their groaning, and am come down to deliver them. And now come I, will send thee into Egypt. This Moses whom they refused, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge? The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. He brought them out after that. He had showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness forty years. This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren. Like unto me, him shall ye hear. This is he that was in the church in the wilderness with the angel which spake to him in the Mount Sinai, with our fathers who received the lively oracles to give unto us. Verse 37, This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you. Let us bow our heads in prayer, asking for the Lord's blessing upon his words. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we come once again humbly to Thy presence. Lord, we understand the frailty of the flesh. Lord, we pray once again 
uh, for thy touch from the Master's hand. Lord, we pray that thou would give help to the hearers of thy word. Open the ears that, that, that we would hear what God has to say this morning. Open our hearts, we pray. Help the speaker. Fill us with the Holy Spirit, we pray. We ask of all these things in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. In this message this morning, we are going to focus on the man Moses. Well, it's a topical message. We're going to be bouncing around uh, from text to text, but uh, we will uh, focus uh, mostly on uh, Deuteronomy chapter 31, where it says here, uh, Be strong and of good courage. Uh, Fear not, nor be afraid of them. Uh, For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go with thee. He will not fail thee, nor uh, forsake thee. This is truly the endurance of the Christian. You can put the title for your sermon, The Endurance of the Christian, as we can learn from the man Moses, because Moses endured much affliction, as we know. As a matter of fact, if you talk to somebody on the street and you mention the name Moses, I'm sure they would tell you, well, that's the man that parted the Red Sea. That's the man, well, he delivered Israel out of bondage. And Moses is a well-known prophet and a well-known person Uh, to even uh, this uh, present-day world. Through Moses, God delivered Israel. Before Stephen's death, the great Christian apologist uh, gives his last speech uh, to show great courage and brings up Joseph in verse 9, stating that Joseph was sold into slavery, but he adds, but God was with him. If you can see that in verse 9, In chapter 7 of Acts, it says, And the patriarchs moved with envy, sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. Remember those words, because here it's spoken similarly uh, to Moses about how God was with him, and that how God used Moses uh, mightily. We see a great connection also in Moses towards the end of his life. As we read in Deuteronomy, the last 40 years of his life, Remember, you can split Moses' life up into uh, three forties. The first forty, as he was the prince uh, in uh, Pharaoh's palace. The second, the middle forty years, uh, where he was a shepherd under the hand of Jethro. And the last forty years is when he delivered Israel out of bondage. If you can remember those three forties, uh, well, it will help you as he uh, comes to his death when he was a hundred and twenty. Years old. Notice here, Deuteronomy 31, verse 6, the parallel as Moses' great speech about Joshua, who's going to succeed him. Be strong and of good courage. Fear not, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord thy God, he it is that doth go before thee. He will not fail thee, nor forsake thee. Moses was not perfect. He made many mistakes, yet he was the man used by God to deliver the people of Israel. As many of you know that Moses killed a man and he buried him in the sand. As You can say that he went ahead of God's will. You can say he was puffed up with pride, knowing that he was going to deliver Israel, went ahead of God's will and killed a man and buried him in the sand. Through the 40 years in the wilderness, God had to teach Moses 
uh, being a shepherd boy under Jethro, being once a prince of Egypt, having the best education, well, the best of everything. And now you can say he's just a blue collar a shepherd watching uh, the sheep. And he did that for 40 years, if you can uh, remember that. And here, as we go on, there are many things uh, we can learn from Moses about the Christian, about how to endure affliction. How the Christian is uh, to endure affliction. You see something here. Moses had a relationship with God. Uh, So each and one of you here this morning has a relationship with God, whether you want to believe it or not. Well, you you have one here and towards uh, Moses' end of his life. Just about to die as God foresees his death. He didn't say in his speech that I should have took the pleasures of Egypt or I should have taken the position of Pharaoh. He doesn't say that. Because he's more focused with his relationship with God. In this present day time as Christians, we are often worrisome about what people think about us. We're living in a day and time where you better be careful what you say. You you don't want to offend anybody because, well, you're scared of what they might think of you. But as a Christian, you must understand that the only thing that matters to you is what God thinks of you. There was much murmuring about Moses with the people of Israel, but Moses understood that it's only what God's acclaim is to him. And we will get in here as we get into the sermon. We're going to see what God himself says about his prophet Moses. And you say there's many situations you might be going through. I pray the Lord will apply this message to you personally and that you would increase in faith and endurance of the Christian that we may be able to draw from the life of Moses. Much of Stephen's speech is taking up with the story of Moses, the writer of Deuteronomy. And we're breaking into the story, verse 30. And we read of the angel here is referring to the Lord Jesus Christ who was in the bush. Deuteronomy says the Lord was in the bush. God the Son, the Savior. Keep that in mind. There is no monument to Moses in Egypt to this very day. You will not find a statue of him. No towering sphinx, no imposing pyramid. Egypt was willing to forget that such a man existed. Wanted to erase him from all of history. He was actually buried in a lonely peak in the barren slopes of Mount Pisgah without so much as a single flower to mark his grave. Yet I'm absolutely sure that Moses did not mind. He willingly traded the earthly monuments and acclaim, earthly power, prestige, pleasures, and position for a reward in the invisible realms. He was more concerned for a relationship with God. So he gave up the riches of this world and chose instead the reproach of Christ and received eternal reward from God. Moses endured the affliction of his time. What he lost, he couldn't have kept anyway, but what he gained, you see, he could never lose. So for Moses, no monument in his memory, but look at what God says about his servant. 
In Deuteronomy 34, verse 10, remember, this is all that counts is what God thinks of you. Deuteronomy 34, verse 10, And there arose not a prophet since in Israel like unto Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. That's God's acclaim of Moses. Many murmurings about Moses and how the people wanted to go back under the hand of Pharaoh. But here as we go on, Deuteronomy 34, verses 10 to 12, the Lord praised his servant. The Lord praised his servant. He goes on to say, none like him, the Lord says of his servant Moses, faithful in all his house. Egypt wanted to forget him. Moses had many enemies. But they couldn't and they still can't. While there are no monuments to his memory, yet his name is well known. Recognized as one of the greatest men who ever lived, in Western world many of the laws we see today have come from the laws of Moses. Jews hold his memory dear. Orthodox Jews hold his memory dear. Islam honors Moses as a great prophet. Christians acclaim Moses. God gives him acclaim in the Scripture. The author of the first five books of the Bible is Psalm 90. He is mentioned through all the Scriptures. Many of the references acclaim his great accomplishments and character, and even our Lord Jesus Christ lifted him up. Christ spoke of him in the Gospels. In fact, the Gospels record that Christ spoke with Moses on the Mount of Transfiguration. They were discussing Christ's work of salvation. Stephen in Acts 7, through the Holy Spirit, gave a claim to Moses. We read it earlier. The epistles referred to him. In Hebrews 11, he is mentioned in the Hall of Fame as one of the greatest heroes of the faith. And more space is given to his exploits than to most others that are listed. In the New Testament, God paid a further wonderful tribute to Moses when he stated in Hebrews 3, verse 2, Moses was faithful in all his house. And he repeats it again in verse 5. It says here, And Moses verily, Moses truly was faithful in all his house. What a great testimony that is. What a great testimony it is when someone can point to so-and-so and say that father or that mother is faithful in all their house. You see, friend, it's not what the world thinks of you. And you must understand that here because you will be judged. But it's God's acclaim to His people. And Moses understood that I better for me to endure the affliction of the time and to get the well done. Thy faithful servant. It's better to offend people than to offend God. Now, I don't mean that in an ignorant way. But you see, when you're on your deathbed, that's all that counts. 
It's what God thinks of you. It's not what your neighbor down the street or your a friend, maybe you have many enemies, it's not what they think of you. That doesn't matter. Perhaps even family members, as we know that Moses had even family members that were murmuring against him about his marriage and God had to step in and, and strike her with leprosy. Moses had it very hard. It's wonderful if your friends can say of you, well, so-and-so was such a faithful person. A faithful Christian who knew God and served God, and how wonderful if they can say they were also faithful in all their house. A faithful husband or wife or parent or child. Better still if God, who knows all things, can say it about you this morning. It's a personal God. God gave the ultimate and eternal, uh, God gave the ultimate uh, praise for Moses. He was faithful. He was faithful. The claim given in Revelation, we see another claim in Revelation when we were told that in the heavenly realms they are singing in the song of Moses and of the Lamb. That's a great claim. That even heaven singing, God says this person is faithful and hears all heaven singing about this man and of the Lamb. Friend, if you're faithful this morning, it's the greatest claim. That's the greatest claim. And here we get to our, first, our second point, his accomplishments through God. Look at how God used the servant, what he said and what he did, or as Stephen put it, he was mighty in words and in deeds. In the first 40 years of Moses' life, Moses led armies. Moses would have had the best education that Egypt would have to offer. Remember, the civilization of Egypt would have been on top in this time. He would have been a tremendous speaker. He would have been able to inspire and motivate those who are fighting in war. As Josephus, the Jewish historian, he puts it very well. He portrays Moses as embodying the qualities of the great heroes of the Greeks and the Romans, notably the external qualities of good birth. He had a handsome stature, preciousness in youth. And the four Virtues of wisdom, courage, temperance, and justice. And he sums it up. He was the ideal leader. The Scriptures proclaim him in Deuteronomy 34, verse 10. It says, There arose not a prophet since like unto him in Israel. What accomplishments were a work through Moses? Did any part from the Lord Jesus Christ speak of this man? Spoke He spoke God's message. Moses spoke God's message to the children of Israel. As he says here, he was mighty in words and in deeds. He would have known God's word very well. When they were in bondage, he as a prophet brought them a message of deliverance. He told them not to fear Pharaoh. That's a very hard thing. Because by Pharaoh's one word, he could have put you to death. Pharaoh was on top, and here is a man. He's going, and he's telling them not to fear Pharaoh, that God would bring them out of Egypt. 
Well, you can think about what the people were saying about Moses when he came with that message. You can only imagine the murmurings and all uh, the judgmental comments that were coming towards Moses when he came with this message. But Moses endured. Moses endured because he knew it's what God thinks of me. He told them of another land, the promised land, and urged them to leave Egypt and set afar off the land. He told them of the Lamb, the Lord Jesus Christ. He told them about the angel of death, that the angel would slay the firstborn of every house, that there would be a death in every house, but there was a way of escape, that through the blood of the Passover being sprinkled upon the houses If you want to accomplish great things for God, then tell your children about Christ. Tell your friends about Christ. Tell your friends about the judgment that's coming upon this world. Tell them the midnight hour is fast approaching. Tell them that the only way to be saved is by the application of the blood. That's being mighty in word and deeds. Moses declared, put the blood upon the houses. Tell them of Jesus and the mighty to save. Tell them in the way to be mighty in words. Do you speak that message? Maybe you care what people think of you. At Sinai, he spoke the law. He spoke the law in Deuteronomy. He repeats and he reiterates and he reemphasizes the law. Do you want God's acclaim? Then teach the commandments. Teach them to your kids. Chapter 5, it says, Teach them diligently unto your children and to your children's children. And Acts 7, verse 38, it says, The angel which spoke to him, in the Mount Sinai, who received the lively oracles to give unto us. Passed down from generation to generation. These oracles of God were passed down. This was a prophet. He was the greatest prophet apart from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. He wrote of the Lord. After the resurrection, Christ said, Moses wrote of me. Speaking the message of salvation, teaching the law, telling of the Savior. In Deuteronomy 34, verse 11, it says, In all the signs and wonders which the Lord sent him to do in the land of Egypt, the Lord did them all through Moses. And Acts 7, verse 35 makes it very clear that these accomplishments were the direct work from God Himself. As Stephen goes on to reiterate, the same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. He became a ruler and a deliverer. Verse 36, it says he brought them out. After that, he had showed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt 
and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness, 40 years. 40 years he did this. Oh, what wonders. But you see, to become God's man for the hour, Moses had to endure. He had to endure affliction. To become God's man, he had to endure. To become a Christian, you're going to have to endure. You're going to have to endure this world. You're going to have to go through things. That's the way it is. God's deliverer Moses had to overcome so much. But as a Christian this morning, you must understand that you yourself have to overcome so much. Moses in his own life had great accomplishments. He overcame the temptations of the world, its position, its possessions, its pleasures, its power. But he did not fear the wrath of the king of Egypt. In Acts 7, verse 36, it says, He showed wonders in the land of Egypt. He lifted up his rod, and judgment would fall upon the land of Egypt, the plagues that fell upon the land at the hand of Moses. Do you realize that each plague hit directly on one of the false gods? As we know that the Egyptians, they were polytheistic in their beliefs. They believed in many gods. As history tells us, the Egyptians had the god of the Nile River. At Moses' command, the river turned into blood. The the sun god Ra, but at Moses' command, the sun did not shine. And at the Red Sea, Moses lifted up the rod and the Red Sea divided. The Egyptians destroyed. Moses defeated the power of Egypt. Believer, you are accomplishing mighty deeds when you overcome the world. I believe this is the teaching of the Holy Ghost this morning. Words of encouragement to know what it is to overcome this world. To be a believer. When Moses gave up the pleasures of Egypt the world would have judged them and said, what a fool you are. What a fool Moses is. He could have became Pharaoh. He could have had everything at his fingertips. Oh, the world would have judged him. They would have talked about him. They would have kicked him to the curb. They would have said, what a fool. You see, it's not important what people think, is it? It's what God thinks of you. All that mattered to Moses was his relationship with God. When Job was judged by his friends and the friends were pointing the finger at him and they were saying, Job, you're to blame for all of this. What was God's acclaim to Job? He said, my servant Job, he said. When Caleb was judged and called mad by wanting to go and to take the land, the Lord said he had a different spirit with him. People called him mad. You see the connection? 
Gideon, the thresher of wheat by the winepress, when the city turned heads and they pointed to Gideon to say, he's responsible for tearing down the altars of Baal. They judged Gideon. What did the Lord say about Gideon? He says, thou mighty man, he called him. He says, thou mighty man of valor, when Joshua had a mountain of challenges ahead of him, the Lord assured him and reminded him as foretold by Moses towards the end of his death. He says, be not afraid. He says, be not afraid. As he was feeling the overwhelming weight of the task before him, the Lord offered these words of encouragement. Have not I commanded thee, the Lord said. As he constantly needs to remind the Christian, as Christians, we need to be reminded. And the Lord said, Have not I commanded thee, be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee. That's a reminder. And friend, there was lots of talk going on at this time. Maybe they were saying, Joshua, you know, this was the wrong person to put. Uh, we're, we're never going to get a person like Moses again. Who can fill the shoes of Moses? Oh, friend, there was talk in that time. But God said there'll be another Joshua. Doesn't matter about the murmurings of the time. Be strong and of good courage. That's applied to you this morning. That's for the Christian. That's the call to endure. Endure the afflictions of life. We're living in a time that the Christian today is so quick to throw in the towel. And they gripe about the times and it's getting worse and there's nothing we can do. But here's the Lord reminding. It says, be strong, be of good courage. Have not I commanded thee? In the sight of Israelites in the wilderness, he was mighty among the people of God. They saw the miracles at Marah. He cast the tree to the bitter waters. They became sweet. The manna. Christ said in John chapter 6 that Moses gave you the manna. Moses, through the power of God, he gave them the manna to eat. Moses' accomplishments were done through the power of God and by his faith in the Lord. Remember how he interceded for the people and God stayed his hand of judgment that he was mighty in prayer? You remember that? Remember how he interceded for the people and God and, and stayed his hand of judgment? He was mighty in prayer. What an accomplishment. In, in Hebrews 11, it states in those exact words, he endured. He kept going in spite of opposition and discouragement. That is some accomplishment. That's an accomplishment for you to keep going on in spite of opposition and discouragement. That's a great thing. Despite the cold-cutting contempt of Pharaoh, Moses endured. 
And the king treated Moses with utter contempt despite the causeless complaint of the multitude in Numbers chapter 11. They cried, Moses, have you led us into the wilderness to kill us? Give us bread to eat. He endured. He interceded for those who treated him so. Even though they murmured against him, even though they threw Moses to the curb many times, even though they said it's better for us to go back to the hand of prayer, uh, uh, Pharaoh, Moses told God, blot me out, he said. He says, blot me out, but he said, save them. He interceded for those who treated him so. Blot me out of the book of life, but save them. Forgive them, Lord, he prayed. Despite the caustic criticism of the, those closest to him. What a parallel with Christ. Forgive them, Father, as they know not what they do. As Moses himself was a type of Christ, he wasn't the Christ But as he was the mediator between the people of Israel and God, Moses in his accomplishments was so Christ-like despite the condemnation of fearful leaders at Kadesh Barnea. They even wanted to take up stones and kill him. He endured. To keep going on in spite of opposition is a great accomplishment illustrative of he who set his face like a flint. It's another parallel to go into Jerusalem and to do his Father's will. If there's anyone who endured the most, it was Christ. And friend, if you're not saved here this morning, he endured for you. Maybe you cursed his name, and maybe you threw Christ to the curb. But friend, he says the same thing, forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. You understand the, the endurance of Christ and his affliction? Trials, sorrows, difficulties from family, from friends, from circumstances. The Bible screams to keep going on. To endure is a great accomplishment that God records. He sees he will acclaim you one day personally for speaking for him, for teaching his law, for overcoming the world, for being faithful in all your house. An acclaim by God himself for leading others out of Egypt, for telling others of Christ. What accomplishments. Well, who was Moses? If they recognize his name, they will most likely say, as I mentioned, this is the man who led Israel out of bondage. Parents, the greatest accomplishment will be to lead your children out of Egypt, of this world. It's the greatest accomplishment. Greatest accomplishment will be through God to lead others out of that bondage of Egypt, to get yourself out and to lead others out. There is no greater deed than that. If you want want the well done of God, then you must do well. Do the same as Moses. Endure. Speak and do. Let the Lord speak through you and through you today and say, here am I, Lord, use me. Finally, as we come to a close,
Moses saw God. I want to end with this. His acquaintance with God. Moses saw God. How did he endure? How did Moses endure? In Hebrews 11 it says, seeing him who is invisible. He saw the invisible God. In fact, he kept on seeing the invisible God and all those trials he kept his spiritual gaze upon Jehovah and that is why he was able to endure. It's not a secret. He was a man, only a man, uh, just like uh, you and I, but his secret that he was, uh, that it was, was his acquaintance with God. It was his relationship with God. Here we're told in Exodus chapter 3 that Moses saw God at the burning bush and Stephen spoke of that. And today uh, we see God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. That bush it was a picture of Christ. It saw God in the bush. We see literally the thorn bush looked insignificant. It was just a bush. Christ appeared as just a man, but the glory of God was in Him. He was God the Son. He was crowned with thorns. We see the fire as the bush would burn with fire signified holiness. It was the angel of the Lord who appeared in a flame of fire in Deuteronomy thirty-three sixteen. The Bible specifically declares that it was God who was dwelling in that bush. Remember the Bible says in Hebrews 12 verse 27, I'll pr- uh, Hebrews 12 verse 29, I'll prove it to you, where it says there, our God is a consuming fire. What a symbol of God, the holy God of this universe. In fact, the book of the Revelation, when God gets the Revelation, a glorified resurrection, living Lord Jesus, we are told that His eyes were like a flame of fire. Moses is having a divine encounter with God who is a holy God. And friend, as Moses had a relationship with God, so do you. And just as God addressed Moses personally, Moses Moses, the Lord said to Moses. So does he address you this morning. He knows your weakness. He knows your strengths. He knows what you like. He knows what you don't like. He's a personal God. He's not a God of your imagination. He's a personal God. He knows you very well. And friend, as we come to a close, before Moses' death, And even in Exodus, in his early years, he cried out to know God even more. That was his cry. He wanted to know God even more. And I want to end with this in Exodus 33. Show me now thy way that I may know thee. Show me thy glory. May the Lord apply this message to your heart and may we draw something uh, from the life of uh, this great prophet Moses. Let us end with a hymn. We'll sing, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus as I was looking for an ending hymn. I believe this is 
most significant, turn your eyes upon Jesus. And I believe that's what Moses' message was, as the Bible says, and Christ affirms it himself, that Moses wrote of me. Let us really sing it. standing for closing prayer. <clears throat> Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank Thee once again, O Lord, that we can come humbly to Thy throne of grace. Lord, we pray that Thou would apply this message to our hearts. Lord, that we would work towards that great acclaim from God Himself. Well done, Thy servant. Help us to do it, Lord. We ask for Thee. Perfect Thy work in us. Through the work of the Spirit, we pray. Bless this message. Depart us with thy blessing, we pray. In Jesus' precious name, amen.